screen share and um, set that up and then um, we'll do the lesson. But I'm going to ask, I guess I can mute everybody. I'm going to mute everybody and um, let, let me pray. Heavenly Father, how wonderful it is that you have revealed yourself um, as the true God, as our creator, the author and giver of life, and the one who has provided for us a salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that as we go through this lesson and focus on your word uh, from Colossians 3, you may be working in us to be renewing us in the image, in your image of the one who loves us, who created us, who died for us, who gives us life, gives us hope, gives us strength. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to hit a few buttons here. Um, I'm going to try to record this lesson. And I'm going to be sharing my screen. My screen is basically the handout. So if you have um, to decide in your setup between the screen and the handout, you can choose the screen because that's what it's going to be. So let me get this set up. Now, where did my Zoom go? This just takes one second. Okay, can everyone see my screen? Uh, I guess I have you muted, but uh, okay. All right. So <clears throat> uh, several weeks ago, actually quite a while ago, um, in my quiet time, I was working through um, Colossians and uh, I shared some of the things that uh, in light of what uh, Mike was teaching on Romans um, made a particular impression to me. And so he asked if I could teach on that, this, on that passage uh, for these two weeks while he's on vacation. And I said, sure. And then I started trying to organize what I was all in the package uh, passage. It was way too much. So we're going to focus on two parts um, this week and next. And this week, um, we're going to be focusing on um, being renewed and in knowledge. That's kind of our focus today. First, uh, we have these sayings. Um, you can probably complete them. Try before you buy. Look before you leap. Think before you speak or act. Now, Mike has been talking a whole lot about issues 
with the last one. He's been uh, stressing to us how important it is to have right thoughts to be able to do right actions. And just as a quick review from the biblical perspective, what kind of problem lies within the last one? Think before you act. Well, the problem is that after the fall, as it says in Genesis 6, 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that in every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Um, <clears throat> Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Or Psalm 53, one through three, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have been become corrupt. There is none who does good not even one. And also in the New Testament, Titus 1.15 says, to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. The Bible teaches that uh, all men and women left on their own devices are corrupt. Uh, David, uh, Mike has been talking about the doctrine of total depravity. And so if our thinking, our minds are corrupt, then that's going to lead to corrupt actions as well. But in this verse in Titus 1.15, we see some hope. We see to the pure, all things are pure. So what is the case about the believer in Christ? What about her or his mind? And that's what we're gonna be focusing on today. We're gonna to be focusing on this, this verse is our key verse for today, Colossians 3.10 that God by his grace renews our minds, that we are being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And it's in that context that all the putting off the old and putting on the new takes place. So I want to walk us through, uh, first I want us to look at the passage and then I'll just be walking through some questions and just focusing on this, little piece of this wonderful, wonderful passage. Um, what I've done in the passage is I have um, put in bold italics the verses that we're going to be talking about today. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. 
For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, <clears throat> on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or de deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I'm going to lead us through some background questions. The first one, <clears throat> we talked about think before you act, think before you speak. If our thinking is corrupt, our actions are just going to lead to corruption. But here's a good summary of, <clears throat> for the believer. In Ephesians 4.22, which is very similar to our Colossians passage, it says, you were taught in Christ to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in, right, in true righteousness and holiness. And we see how this Ephesians uh, passage is <clears throat> exactly saying the same thing as Colossians 3.10. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. After the image of God. If you look at the Ephesians 4.24 passage, to put on the new self created after the likeness of God. Where do we hear about creation in the image of God? Of course, at the beginning, how um, God created man in his image. 
that has been distorted, corrupted, defiled through sin. But now for the believer, we talk about a new self being renewed in the spirit of your minds, being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So question, for the believer, if you put your trust in Christ, when does this renewal actually begin? <clears throat> Let's look at one of my favorite uh, <clears throat> verses, Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. If you come to faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, this passage and the whole scripture teaches us that's not your own doing. There's nothing you've done to deserve that. Here it says, not because of works by righteousness, but it's by his mercy and his grace but something real has happened. There has been a washing of regeneration, of a new birth. That's where that new self comes from. And this is the work and only the work of the Holy Spirit. We see that phrase, the renewal of the Holy Spirit that has enabled us to come and put our faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. And in that, we are justified. In Jesus Christ alone, we stand before God, our Father, with our sins forgiven. And we know that uh, that relationship with him has been restored. We are adopted into his family. And a new life has begun by his grace and mercy. So we often talk about um, kind of a chain in, in theological terms of regeneration happening. The Holy Spirit's work of causing us to be born again, leading to justifications, our standing before God as his sons and daughters in Christ. So that leads us to the next question, which is, when does this renewal end? Well, we have this verse from our passage today, Colossians 3, 4. But Christ, when who is, who is your life appears, then you also will appear in him with glory, in glory. And Romans 8, 30, which I guess we'll get to at the end of Mike's teaching on Romans 5 through 8. And those whom God predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. In 1 John, it's written that we don't know what we will be like, but when 
Christ appears, we will be like him. We will see him as he is. In glorification, I am going to assume that the renewal ends. We will be like Christ. So <clears throat> we have as an end point here, glorification. So what happens between the time that we are renewed by the washing of the Holy Spirit and justified and we end in glorification? That's this time in between. So what happens in between? What is going on? Well, from our Colossians passage first, Paul is teaching, and I think this is the crux of what, what Mike is teaching in Romans 5 through 8 is, if you have been raised in, with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If we are justified, we are only justified because indeed our life is hidden in Christ. When we come before God, God is not looking on us and our unworthiness, but he sees our Savior, Christ, and his righteousness in place of our own sinfulness. But this verse clearly teaches us we can't stop there. We have to be active in this time in between. And so two commands here, seek the things that are above, set our minds on the things that are above. And again, Colossians 9, 3, 9, and 10. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So what happens in the time in between it's something continuous. It's being renewed. It's not we were once renewed, but it's being our knowledge, we're being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So between regeneration and justification and our glorification when we will be completely like Christ, we talk about sanctification. And we talk about that is just an ongoing um, process of the time in between. So the next thing we might ask ourselves, so why does sanctification begin with the mind? Why is that so important? Well, again, just going back to how we began, as Ephesians 4, 2.22 to 24 taught us, there was an old self. And that old self, this side of glorification, is not done away with. And we know that old self is corrupt through deceitful 
desires. Um, in his most recent teaching, Mike has been clearly showing the extent of that corruption and all the sins that um, are evidence. And it's important to understand that we are living with this old self. However, we're being renewed in the spirit of our minds and we have a new self. Is it optional for the Christian to have a new self? There's no option. If, I mean, and, and uh, we'll get to that I'm sure in, in Romans. If you have been born again, that new self is there. You don't have any choice about that, but the Bible encourages us to be active in our sanctification. God is doing his work through the Holy Spirit, but we are called to put on that new self because that old self is corrupt. Another reason why sanctification begins in the mind is from this passage in Romans 12, very famous. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That, you may, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Not only do we have our old self to contend with, which is we're being called to put to death, but we also have the world, which seeks to have us conformed into its mold to be like its mold but what this passage says and calls us is to be transformed to be transformed by the renewal of our mind and again that renewal coming through the work of the holy spirit that it's god's work so we have our old self and the world that tries to push us into its mold All right, so who is doing this renewing of the mind? Do we cause it to happen? Well, again, our Colossians 3, 9, and 10 verse. Do not lie to one another, seeing you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. If I said, I am painting our house, you would know I am doing it. If I told you our house is being painted, well, you know our house is getting painted, but you don't know who's doing it. This clearly says our mind, our new self is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Who is the only one who could renew our minds in knowledge after the image of its creator? It's, going, it's God alone. 
he is the agent. He is the one who, at the end of the day, is causing our minds to be renewed because <clears throat> we have no true truth. We don't know anything unless he would reveal it to us. So <clears throat> the next question is going to be, if he is the agent, if he's the one who is doing that renewal, can we do anything to aid in this renewal? Well, point number one uh, is prayer. Um, I think after my Bible reading went through Colossians, we went through Ephesians, and these verses struck me. Paul is praying for the believers in Ephesus. And he says, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Paul is praying for those believers. He heard of their faith. He heard they had turned, they had repented and had turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. He had heard that they were showing that by the love they had for one another. And yet he continues to pray for them that God will give them his Holy Spirit, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Again, why do they need uh, wisdom and revelation and knowledge of God? We don't have it naturally. We cannot attain to it naturally. And Paul's desire for the Christians in Ephesus was for their growth and that they would be given this spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. All these words have to do first and foremost with the mind with what happens in our mind, with our mind being <clears throat> renewed. So I shared this with uh, my home group um, several weeks back and they said, oh, you know, we should be praying for one another uh, as well as for unbelievers and as well as for um, you know, the needs that we have, especially during this time of the COVID pandemic. Um, but for God to be increasingly giving us his spirit, a spirit of wisdom, of revelation, and of knowledge of him. I really appreciate that. I said, yes, please pray for me <laughs> that way. Secondly, um, by seeking, turning our minds in that proper direction, 
Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Again, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. By the grace of the renewal that we have received by the Holy Spirit in our faith in Jesus Christ, it appears we can seek the right things. As our mind is renewed, um, we can turn to seek the things that are above, to, th to, see, to, th see, to understand more of the heavenly things, to seek what God desires, who our creator is, what God is like, and that is, and we'll get to that more next week, revealed in his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the first thing was by prayer, by seeking, and of course, by the word. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalm, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. If we think about it, when Paul wrote these words in his letter, there was no New Testament. He was writing the New Testament. So what was the word of Christ? The word of Christ was being the gospel. And at that time, it was being shared who Christ is, how he works in us, the adoption of sons, everything we have in Christ was being shared in the Christian community through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They were, that was the main teaching method of one, for one another. Um, now that we have the <clears throat> New Testament, we can take this, these words and also add to them we have the written word. We have also the New Testament that uh, we can read. And uh, some people take this passage to say, you know, these are ways that we can uh, encourage us to memorize the words, to be learning it by heart. But also, and I think this is something I really appreciate about um, those who choose hymns for us at Wallace is that we, we look for rich uh, songs because we teach our hearts. I don't know about you. Um, I know Mike sings in his quiet time. Kayleen will tell you I sing in my quiet time. Um, but it's a way of teaching our own, our own hearts and the word. And of course, 1 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture. Old Testament, New Testament is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may com be complete, equipped for every good work. We often say that the work of sanctification has two things, the word 
and the spirit. You can't have the spirit without the word, but the word doesn't become alive to us without the Holy Spirit. And yet we are, and we are called to seek these things. So <clears throat> how long does this renewal last? We said that it will <clears throat> be over in glorification in the last day when we are completely sanctified, when we are glorified. But this, as I increase in age, <laughs> has been a comfort to me. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul writes, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. I thank God for this promise. As my outer self is wasting away, there is no giving up on how God can renew our inner self, the new man, being renewed day by day. Again, not just by Sundays. I encourage you to get in the word. Ask for the Lord's spirit at work in your life day by day. That, this is a big comfort to me. So <clears throat> I'd like to end with um, two applications. One is the Lord's Prayer. I try to pray the Lord's Prayer as part of my quiet time, not as a reciting of words, but very slowly meditating on it. And Jesus taught us to ask of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. There's so much in that phrase, but one part of it is this, we're seeking the things that are above and it's our minds are being renewed. So, and we'll talk about this more next week, we might have godly action. So how does that transference Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven happen. One way is through seeking that our minds be renewed by the work of the Holy Spirit in the image of God, in the image of our creator. So when I pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, when I pray that petition, part of what I'm praying for is that my mind might be renewed. A second thing, <clears throat> you're, all, you're all muted, uh, I know. So you're gonna be doing this on your own, but I'd like us to memorize this verse in Colossians 3.10. <clears throat> and um, I'm going to be going through several slides that are going to be taking words away. But I want to walk, I want you to walk out of this lesson having this verse memorized. So I'm going to ask you to say it, it with me. You can read it uh, each time from the screen. So let's say this verse. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Again, 
you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. <clears throat> so that's what I want to leave you with today. Um, very simple, very basic, but just how step number one in our transformation, in that midst of that fight, putting on the new self, uh, putting off the old self, putting on the new self, as believers, that new self is there. We're to grow in it. And the first, the core of that, because if we don't have right knowledge, we're not going to have right actions, is to let God seek to have God renew our knowledge after his own likeness, uh, his image. So if you have any questions or comments, um, please feel free. I've requested uh, a, a Kenyan at wallacepca.org uh, address. Uh, you can write to me during the week. I'll seek to, um, to answer that. But I am going to now um, stop my share. And I guess I can allow participants to unmute yourselves. We have a few minutes if you have any questions or comments. You can unmute yourself if you'd like to say something. Or if you'd like to show us if you got the memory verse down. I have a friend from Atonement who writes uh, music for scripture, and we taught the kids Colossians 3, uh, the ending passage. It's NIV, but if you'd like a copy of that, Dory, I'd be glad to get it for you because it's been a huge blessing to me. And uh, she wrote the one we're memorizing this summer, too, Psalm 27. I like Great. to music. I have to say about 10 years ago, uh, I memorized this passage, Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Uh, I can remember working through it on the Metro as I was going to work. Please don't ask me to say it now. <laughs> um, Dory, I have a question. Hey, Charles. Hey, um, so as, as we are, you know, you've encouraged us to commit things to memory. Um, and I, I grew up independent Baptist and went to Christian school, which was primarily Baptist. And during that period of time in the, you know, mid seventies and, and, you know, eighties and whatnot, we did a lot of scripture memory, but we only did it in the King James because that was the Bible that you memorized 
that that was just it. Having now become reformed since 95, I feel like there's a lot of different Bibles and I don't really know what I'm supposed, because what I may commit to memory when I hear somebody else say it, words are changed, things are, you know, different. And so what, what is the suggestion for that? I, cause I don't know where to go to memorize. And I'm assuming if something is to be memorized, you know, if I memorize a play for performance, the words are the words, whatever was written by the, by the playwright is what you, that's, that's what you do for your lines. You don't change them. So how, what do we do in this situation with so many translations and Bibles, even within the reformed, you know, um, circles? I would say to use the one you're most comfortable with. I can say, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I believe that's King James. I learned that ages ago as a song and it still gives me comfort. Um, the Wallace Church has chosen to use for our corporate activities, the ESV. Uh, for several reasons, it's a good balance of being literal, but yet um, it, it kind of flows. But I know when, when people are sitting in front of me of in a Sunday school class, I think like everyone has a different version and we share from that. So that would might be, you know, my advice to you is what do you feel comfortable with? I have chosen to try to use the ESV since that's what we use corporately now. Um, but again, for two decades or so, we used the NIV, uh, which I felt at the time was a little bit more everyday language. But uh, I don't think there's one proper translation. But, uh, and I know you're new to Wallace. I don't know if your former congregation used the ESV or another translation, but. Um, uh, I think whatever you're, 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 you're comfortable with. But I do know that because I've memorized verses in different translations, I will stumble at times in, wait a second, which, which version was that? I don't know if that answers your question, but I think what it, whichever version you feel comfortable with. I know that I believe uh, Kayleen's been participating in community Bible study that that the message is used at times. And she says, oh boy, I didn't see that before, but, uh, it, and that's a, almost a paraphrase as I understand it. Any other questions? Is that where the Holy Spirit comes in? Where, you know, the spirit, will make the, it doesn't really matter which version, it's the spirit is enlightening, but you know, you're getting the meaning, the gist, whereas it's not the exact, might not be, I mean, I don't know how translations work. That would be a, that's a great point, Caitlin. Yes, the, the spirit will teach you the, the core, the meat um, of what the verse is and uh, renew your mind and refresh your heart um, through, through the meat of what the verse is. So I know when I'm thinking of a verse and I'm stumbling over, wait a second, is that that ver version or this version? 
I still have the meat <laughs> that's guiding my thoughts. Okay, I see that it's 10 o'clock. I'm going to uh, close this in prayer, but I'll stick around for a while because uh, um, I don't have that far to go <laughs> to get to the service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your gift of grace in washing us by your spirit, in causing us to be born again, we stand in awe of that. We stand in awe of the promise that when Christ, who is our life, appears we will be like him in glory. And yet we are here in this world and you seek to transform us through a continual process, our minds being renewed in knowledge of our creator, you, O oh heavenly father, to conform us into the image of your son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by the work of your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, help us to seek the things that are above, to set our mind and our affections on that which is above. Strengthen us by your Holy Spirit and our resolve to seek to know you, to be transformed by you through your word, through your spirit. Uh, this is our prayer. We pray, Lord, that you would work in our hearts even as we go now to worship you in uh, our virtual service, that you would speak to us through the um, uh, singing. We know that's one way that the word of Christ dwells in us richly. Through the hearing of your word and through the teaching we receive through the preaching. We just thank you for these wonderful gifts and ask you to bless all those who will be leading us in the service and prepare our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>